wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to another episode of Auto Off Topic. How goes it, Brad? Andrew, it goes. It goes. It's, it goes. Uh, it goes. As of today, it is twelve seven, meaning we only have what three episodes left before the end of the year. So yeah, somehow it's already almost twenty twenty four. And that just means that our cars are all another year older. Yeah, they are. Yep. Actually, speaking of, and way off topic to start the whole podcast. Okay, go for it. Today is a special birthday here in the house. Okay. Um, It is the birthday of the tap dancing dog from two episodes ago. Um, Oh. He has has returned from the farm. uh, And he's uh, tap danced his way around the house. He is... As of today, drum roll, please. How old do you think Mojo is today, Andrew? Well, I feel like, uh, I mean, I maybe it's not fair because I, I think I kind of know. Sixteen? Uh, Seventeen years old today. Wow. Yep. That is, uh, that is elderly for a dog. Oh, yeah. He's quite elderly. So that's why we allowed him to tap dance in the room two episodes ago. And I don't like, I don't like moving him if I don't have to. But nonetheless, yeah, he's uh, he's 17 today. So happy birthday, Mojo, the giant min pin, the not so min pin. So yeah, he's like a 20 pound min pin. It's crazy. doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know what those dogs are normally sized. 10 pounds. Oh, really? He's he's double what he should be. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And as min pins go, he is like the world's sweetest dog. Like he's not a jerk at all. So. Super laid back for a breed that's known for being aggressively annoying. Little dude never even barks. So <clears throat> unless he's really being antagonized by the puppy, then he'll bark a little bit. But that's that's about it. Or if I sneeze, he'll let out one bark because I scare him. But other than that, he's blind and deaf, so he doesn't get shook by much. Except maybe like walking into things that are out of place. Like he's currently. That's why he tap dances around. He's like a Roomba. He definitely is, yeah. He just bounces it up and turns around. He's currently yep. a little out of sorts because the Christmas tree is taking the real estate where his little house usually is. So oh, we have okay. this little so that... like yeah, it's like an end table that doubles as a dog kennel. And that's his little house that he likes to go into and be safe. But we had to move it for the Christmas tree and it's across the room, so he's he's a little out of sorts on his birthday, but that's okay. He's good. Yeah. Seventeen years old today. Old 
old dog. So anyway, I will not have him tap dance in the room, so people don't have to listen to it. But just know, just know when you're mad at him for tap dancing that one time that it's like elder abuse. Just get over it; it's fine. Yeah, how old is 17 in dog years? That's a lot, right? Because what is it, seven years per human year? I think. Something like that. I think that's how it works. Seven years per, or seven human years for one dog year. Yes. I think is the is the way it works. So that would, let's see, some quick math in my head. Seven times, wait. It's like in no, his 90s. 17 times seven, right? Yeah. So... No, because 7 times 10 is 70. So he's like 120. 100 yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. So that's an old man. Crazy. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Car stuff. You have any uh, car stuff to chat about this week, Andrew? I don't because it's. I only did scale stuff, and we're saving that for a scale autocast. All right. I got gotcha. you. Well, speaking of Scale Autocast, uh, the official start of the Scale Autocast model build will be this weekend. So I have a little post okay. put together to put up. It'll be going up tomorrow. And uh, everybody has to get their unstarted model kit ready to go. And we'll be putting pictures of that up on all of our social media. And you can follow along on the Discord, which is where we uh, is it have hashed this. Any idea. type of model kit? A uh, model car, model car. But yep. Um, no, the first one we did was just snap together kits. To okay, like, okay. So I can't. Uh, this one here one is snap tight ones. I can if you want to, but it's going to be a cop out because you get two months to put together a model car. I think you. Need All right, one. I got to pick and one of these over here. Yeah, you got plenty to build. This is this is why we're doing it, Andrew. It's actually like a intervention for you, where you keep buying model kits and not building them. So now you have to actually build one. So. But yeah, it's it's gonna be the, the basic basic rules are going to be any unstarted model kit in your collection or purchased new um, starting this weekend, and you'll have two full months. There's no end date to when you can start, but the end of January will be the uh, not, not two full months, two almost full months. It'll be like January thirty first will be the the end date of the build, and there's no contest. It's not anything like that. It's just a fun community build. You can share the photos on the Discord. You can share the photos with us and we'll post them on you know, our Scale Autocast page and probably the podcast page and just keep people, you know, keep people in check and keep them like working on their model, give them a reason to finish it. So I know we have three or four people already with models ready to go, just waiting for me to kick this off and stop and start. And another somewhere between five and 10 who have been asking about it. So hopefully we can get somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 or 30 people to participate. That'd be cool. And then who knows, maybe the next one we'll do will be some kind of a contest with some kind of bracket judging on the internet. So I guess I should get out the supplies and see what I need because I'm sure some stuff's dried out. Yeah, inevitably it does. Unfortunately, you have to keep that stuff going but the good news is is that most of it's available within a day or two so thank yeah. you internet so i'm gonna yeah, pull out a race car kit and do a race car kit so 
I have so many race car kits. Yeah, that's I'm looking at part of the right reason now. I'm have... going to do one because I'm going to do a race car kit to help you do one of your race car kits. Not help. I, I might do. Like, I think push. I see one. I might do that's like fairly simple. Nope, doesn't have to be fairly simple. It needs to be kit. So, and there's no, no limit no, to how many you kit. can build. Um, but I need something to get into it. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. So something with like a single color scheme, maybe just decals. I, yeah, I need scheme. like an, yeah, I need like an icebreaker. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I think you have like the Volvo 240 race car, which is like just white with some decals. But anyway, nonetheless, that's what we'll uh, we're gonna go on. I I haven't 100 percent decided what I'm going to build. I have a couple of race car kits pulled aside, uh, and uh, I'll be posting it tomorrow after I post the contest officially. So not contest the event officially. So anyway. That's what's going on. So, uh, if you want, Andrew, I can start with my project car updates. Yeah, well, you're the only one with project car updates, so you can go for it because it's. Perfect. I mean, I have some participation in them a little bit, so. Yeah, you do actually. With uh, yeah. your stash of parts, we were able to determine the cause of my timing belt failure. Yeah, we did some so, forensics. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a tough one to figure out too. It was kind of a head scratcher at first. So as promised last week, I said by the time we recorded this week, I would have an answer as to why my timing belt let go. Well, I have an answer. And it's not one that anybody guessed. It's not one that I've ever heard. And it's not one that anybody I've talked to so far has heard. Uh, A little teaser, it was caused by the air conditioning. And... Having talked to a few people in the DSM world, um, friend of the show, Josh, uh, Josh Mead from Adventure Driven Design, had a similar failure, but different, once when his air conditioning belt snapped and somehow got sucked into the open timing cover and took out the timing belt. That's the closest failure I've seen to what happened to me. So what happened to me is the air conditioning tensioner pulley. Yep. Carved its way through the timing cover and then carved its way into the timing belt, eventually leading the belt to snap and when that belt snapped, it also took out the balance shaft belt. Oh, yeah. So the just good news. Whipped around in there like crazy. Oh, it was a disaster, I'm sure. It was at like 4,000 RPM and just flailing everywhere. So the good news is there was concern that the failure might have been from the balance shaft bearing seizing, which I guess yep. is something that's happened before to people more than one time. Yeah. So fortunately, it's not that, which does mean that the bottom end of my engine does not need to come out of the car. So I, we will get away with just sending the head to the machine shop, cleaning up the tops of the pistons, and putting it all back together with nice, new, fresh, clean parts. So, uh, yeah, I was talking to my dad about that. You just want to do, like, because the, the pistons just got kissed by the valves. It's just like... Yep. Just clean to mark, the, yeah. any sharp edges off that so you don't get any yeah. hot spots like just yeah that's the cloth. plan just smooth it out with an emery cloth yeah it's good to I go i want to soak it 
and clean up a lot of the carbon deposits on it first, just so I can make sure it all looks smooth. Um, but I, I don't think it'll be a big deal. It's it's barely. It's it's almost like <clears throat> the metal itself almost didn't even get bent. It's almost like the end of the valve just like scraped through like the carbon deposits. Like it's almost how light the contact was. Um, unfortunately, I'm sure it does have bent valves. Like I said, we had the two rocker arms that just were laying on the bottom of the head. So it's just, oh yeah, it's it needs head definitely, work, but definitely sending it out, getting the head work done, and uh, leave that. But I think you'll, I think you'll squeeze by with. Same bottom end. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm not pulling the bottom end of the car. Everything looks, everything looks good. Everything works correct. Um, all of the pulleys are good. So the now now the question was why did the tensioner pulley go through the timing belt cover and eventually into the timing belt? So let's, if you're not familiar with the 4G63, um, I'll try to describe it. Like on the on the back of the block, it's the AC compressor is on the back side of the engine under the yeah. So like the firewall side, yeah. There's a big metal bracket that bolts to the block that holds the AC compressor, the axle shaft, the ha- like this the center carrier yeah. shaft, whatever you want to call it. That oh, goes. So it's like the, the carrier bearing almost in there, right? Yeah, it goes from the transmission because it's on the passenger side across the back of the block to the CV half shaft. Yep. So it, that it's like a solid shaft. It doesn't move, but it has a carrier bearing. That bolts to that bracket as well. And then on the upper part of that bracket, it has a little part that comes off uh, that this tensioner pulley bracket assembly bolts to. And then that also bolts on the other end of it to the engine mount that bolts to the side of the body. So it kind of floats next to the timing cover but the pulley is Almost on the timing cover the side. Tensioner, the tensioner bracket does not bolt to the engine mount. It bolts to the side of the cylinder head. Okay. Because I have the engine mount out of the car and the full three bolts were still holding it on when I took it off. So okay. it does not connect that engine mount. So, But yeah, so it's almost like a triangle-shaped bracket that encapsulates the tensioner pulley in between the bracket itself and the timing cover. Yes, the bracket is actually closer to the wheel well. Correct. It's weird. Like I wouldn't, you wouldn't think it would go that way, but that's the way it goes. Well, yeah, because it has to line up with the crank pulley that has the belt for the air conditioner on it. So, I mean, it makes sense. That's how it goes. But yeah, it does. It does seem backwards because the pulley itself is inside the bracket between the bracket and the uh, timing cover. So. The issue with that is that it's not normally an issue, but I guess it kind of is. Is if, if you look at any 4G63 that has air conditioning or ever had air conditioning, you're going to see marks on the timing cover because the clearance is negligible. Like there's not much clearance. Maybe it's not even a millimeter. It's like, like it's, it's, tiny it's you you can't you can only fit a few sheets of paper like like a standard like amazon box width of cardboard is probably all you can fit between that pulley and the timing cover so it's yeah. solidly mounted so it doesn't matter it doesn't move much but with any deflection of the timing cover whether it be not tightened down properly or in some kind of heat cycling or who knows why it occasionally touches that timing cover and you'll see like a witness mark 
in every single timing cover that was ever on one of these cars that ever had air conditioning on it. Yep. You never see him torn all the way. <laughs> you never see him torn all the way through, but you definitely see that mark there. I don't know if it's from these pulleys getting old and bushings wearing out or bearings wearing out, but nonetheless, you'll always see there has been at some point contact between the two, but a little bit, not a lot. So that clearance is so tight. So we pulled it off and we couldn't figure out what was wrong because everything was bolted to the car. The bracket was tight. It wasn't rattling around. The timing cover itself was tight. So it wasn't at all the bolts on it. There's like, I think there's 10 bolts all the timing cover on and all 10 bolts were still in place. Like I had to undo all 10 of them and they were all tight. So it wasn't like anything was loose. Uh, If anybody remembers, God, was it four or five years ago now I bought this car and I bought it from a friend and our friend Nate actually did a timing belt on this car at his garage before I bought it because I was buying it in Tennessee and dri- sorry, buying it in Alabama and driving it across country. So we wanted to make sure that stuff like this wasn't going to happen to the car. So that timing belt was done four years and somewhere between 20 and 25,000 miles ago. So Nate obviously now felt terrible because he's like, what did I do wrong? And I was like, Nate, it's been four years. Pretty sure you didn't do anything wrong. Something has happened here. I don't know what, but something has happened here. There's no reason to remove this pulley off of the tensioner bracket when doing the timing belt. Nope. You, you can't even get to the bolt. It's It doesn't even, wouldn't even make sense. You take the whole bracket off instead of taking this pulley off because the belt is already off. This tensioner just comes out with the three bolts on the bracket. It makes way more sense. There would be no reason to take it apart unless the pulley had a bad bearing and was making noise or was wobbly or whatever, then you would take it apart. So I was like, listen, Nate, you definitely didn't do anything. Like when I tell you what happened, this is not on you. He's like, well, I still feel bad. Let me know what I can do. I'm like, I, absolutely nothing. <laughs> this is, this is not on you. That was four years ago, sir. Life is good. Um, so we were looking at pictures of your pulley system on your car on the Gallant and comparing it with my car and everything looked fine. But on the picture of the Gallant, you can't really see the details because it's installed on the car. So you so kindly went into your part stash and you found the air conditioning bracket and pulley that was on your talon that you took off going on two decades ago and you haven't yeah. run air conditioning in that car since. <laughs> right. So it is two decades ago. Yep. So it's been sitting in your basement untouched, but the pulley is still on the bracket because as we said, yeah, you wouldn't no take, take it off. There's no reason to take it off. <laughs> take the whole bracket off. So the first thing that I noticed, and I'm sure you noticed too, but the first thing that I noticed was that, there's on one side of the pulley, there's a taller rib. See, I didn't notice this. Okay. Because well, I've never what, looked that closely at these pulleys before. That's what I noticed first, that on one side of the pulley has a taller rib, almost as if to keep the belt from walking off. Yeah, towards because the bracket. Towards the bracket, right. So I noticed on mine that that taller rib on the pulley was on the opposite side of yours. So that was like, huh, that's weird. 
um, I went to Rock Auto, and actually Josh had sent me a picture from the Rock Auto pulley, and the Rock Auto pulley had two taller ribs on it. And I was like, mm, okay, that's also still weird. So knowing that yours was probably OEM and mine is probably OEM, or an OEM replacement, maybe when we get to the end of the story, um, I figured that it must be the correct ways to have the one taller rib. So I found a used air conditioning tensioner bracket assembly for sale on eBay, and it was set up the same way as yours. So then I also was looking at the video you sent me of yours spinning, and I noticed that in the center of the pulley, looking at it on the pulley side, the whole thing spun. Whereas on mine, there was a solid piece of metal that the pulley spun around. Also strange. So I started to dig a little bit deeper, uh, and Naomi so kindly went up to the garage and was like, I'm going to get the tools because we got to take this apart right now because we're in the living room at this point. So I already taken the whole car apart, and I was like, bah. So she grabbed the sockets, and she held the bracket while I undid the bracket, the, um, the pulley itself off the bracket. And as soon as I took it apart, I realized what was different was that my whole entire pulley assembly was on backwards. Yeah. And the issue with that is that that taller piece that did not spin with the pulley that I couldn't see on yours belongs in the back and it has a cup to go over like the mounting boss and push the whole thing down further. So on the other side, it was pushed up and it was taller. Now, remember, we only have a cardboard's width of clearance here. So I put the whole assembly together the correct way, took it all apart again, put it back together the way it was in the car, and I measured it each time with a set of calipers. The difference was like 2.75 millimeters. That's a lot. That the way it was in the car, it was taller by 2.75 millimeters than the way it was supposed to be. That 2.75 millimeters was enough that over the span of 20 some odd thousand miles, this thing chewed through the cover on the timing cover and then made its way into the belt. And if you look on the inside of the timing cover, there's like burnt rubber in like a spray pattern from the direction the pulley was spinning because it was And you can see a ghost line from the belt where it probably just touches the inside of the cover every now and then. Oh, as the cover put, got pushed towards yeah. the belt, the belt was rubbing against the pulley and the cover. And both of those things together contributed to the premature failure of the belt. If, and so the belt snapped. And any of the chunks of the belt, does the edge look like really worn or is it just too destroyed? I'll have to double check it again. I, I hadn't looked at it again since then. It's in the back of the car and I just kind of was a little bit bummed. So um, the good news is it wasn't the balance shaft. The better news is the bottom end seems fine. The other good news is I know why it happened. So I'm not going to put it back together and it's not going to happen again. Cause that was my yeah. fear. I was like, I'm going to get in here, not know what happened, put it all back together and then be a ticking time bomb. But it's not. Yeah. So I, I know what happened. Uh, and the third bit of good news is that Nate, if you're listening, you didn't do anything wrong. 
you didn't take this pulley apart. You didn't own the car long enough. Some chucklehead mechanic before you probably had to replace that pulley because it probably was making noise or it was gotten loose. And they took it apart and put it back together and paid no attention to the direction in which it came off. And it was just a matter of time. And unfortunately, that matter of time happened not when I was daily driving the car or not when I was driving it in Phoenix, but when I was in Long Beach, 400 and some odd miles from home. I will say that it didn't happen on the 10 in like Blythe or some middle of nowhere California city. Um, It did happen at least in Long Beach. So that's, I guess, okay. But the good news is we know what it is. Nate wasn't your fault. Bottom end's fine. Unfortunately, it's not going to be a cheap repair because I need to buy some things and things aren't cheap. You can, uh, I mean, I would try to look, go try to scope some yards, see if there's any timing covers around. Yeah, I mean, I will, but... I could buy a brand new one for one ninety nine. From where? Um. Uh, jeez, no, I'm afraid of the name of the company. I have it saved. Uh, Extreme PSI. Oh, they're aftermarket. It's got a Mitsubishi part number. Interesting. It says somebody it says had a stock. new OEM one for sale the other day for three hundred fifty dollars. Well, these here are. I thought they stock. were NLA. So in stock, ships tomorrow to uh, one ninety nine. Fits okay. six bolt, one G only. Yep. So, because the later cars and the seven bolts are a two piece timing cover with a slightly different yeah. pattern on them. They don't work. You have to have the early. So, style. come to find out, there is a company doing testing on six bolt 3d printed covers they're just not ready yet excellent well hopefully they've this like, does exist yeah and they've redesigned them i guess so they're in multiple pieces so you can take them apart without taking them over that engine mount which is super annoying yeah that's, that's huge square piece yeah so i was actually i was i was struggling to figure out how to get this thing out um and then i remember that really off. Oh, the crank plug was already off yeah i couldn't get it I couldn't get clearance past the water pump, which I can't take off until the timing covers off. Um, but then I realized that I had the engine mount taken off and I had let the jack down that was holding the engine up. Oh. So I jacked, I jacked the engine back up and it created another couple inches of clearance. So, yeah, but that took me an embarrassingly amount of time to figure out why I couldn't fit it past there. I was like, Oh, wait a second. I know what I did, but nonetheless. Uh, so yeah, so the timing cover is one ninety nine. The timing belt and balance belt. I mean, I've got it apart. I'm going to do the Kevlar one, right? I might as well. It's yeah. not that much more money, but that's going to be, that's just shy of 300 bucks for everything there, right? Yeah. Plus the tensioner, I think is a hundred bucks. Yeah. So just and in the, those parts alone, I'm at $500. Did he do the pulleys? Did Nate do the pulleys? Uh, I'll have to ask him. I think he did, but I'll probably just it, get new ones. If anyway. he did the pulleys, then they're fine at 20,000 miles. Yeah. If he had, if he didn't do the pulleys then you should do the pulleys, I got to look and see, I haven't looked to see the kits that are really yet. But anyway, so uh, just in that thought alone, we're at 500 bucks in parts. That doesn't include any head work or any valve seats or any valves. 
that need to be replaced. Yeah. So um, I figure another couple hundred bucks in head work plus parts, so a couple hundred bucks in parts up there. And then I'm going to need a head gasket, which the Mitsubishi multi-layer steel head gasket's like 80 bucks, right? Yeah, something so, like that. I mean, it's... Water it's, pump. A water pump. And then just the typical stuff. Um, I'm going to replace all the drive belts because it's easier to do it right now while it's apart. Might as well put all new ones in. Um, and oil. And I'm going to need new... Uh, two of the injector clips, injector harnesses were bad. I replaced two of those because they're brittle and broken. Oh, those are um, cheap. Those are easy. Yeah, but still, it's just it's it's. But everything adds up. So I'm at at bare minimum a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars to put this car back together. Yeah, that's without somebody else doing the work. <laughs> that's with me yeah. doing the work. So further case in point there that cars aren't cheap. So. I, I'm sure I could short it. I could modify the old timing cover and fix it and do something with it and buy a cheap timing belt and cheap parts and slam it back together. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. There's no reason to cheap out on it. So um, what what does the future hold for the car after that? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm another $1,000 into it, which makes it less... Just driving around. Yeah, I know. I just, I'm ready. I think I, I I was ready to move on, and now I don't know. So you said you wanted to get rid of two of your other cars, so just keep this one around. I wanted to get rid of four cars else. total. That was the plan. This was one of the four, but we'll we'll yeah. see what happens. It it all it all depends on. Maybe I'll put it back together, and the fruits of my labor will feel really good, and I'll drive it and love it, and not want to get rid of it because it does run really good when it's not blowing apart. So um, it does drive nice. It's got great air conditioning. The suspension's all brand new. It's going to need tires again, probably in the not, not too distant future. I have better looking wheels to put on it. <sighs> Who knows? Maybe it gets a cheap paint job and I can keep it forever. I, I, I genuinely don't know. The car is not worth a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, so it doesn't really subtract or add to my replacement car future um it was merely just a i don't use the car very much it takes up space is more what it was than anything else but now that i spend now that i'm spending money on it my brain changes and uh, once you go through it then it's like oh this is a car i can just jump in and do a bunch of miles in not that i hadn't already been doing that with that car no i've driven that car all over the place i bought the car in alabama Drove to Boston, drove from Boston to Austin, Austin to Phoenix, Phoenix to San Francisco, San Francisco back to Phoenix, Phoenix to L.A. Three times I drove it to L.A. Uh, I actually went back to Austin once in between, went to, been to, to Vegas, I think. It's been everywhere. So it's been a good car. I just. Here's what it is. Yeah. So you just keep it as a like a spare fun car. That makes yeah. sense. It's kind of like my G20. It's like. Yeah, but I wasn't planning on making the, the spare fun car. The spare fun car is supposed to be the Corolla. <laughs> I don't know. The whole, the whole, the whole plan needs to make, change. I don't know. It, who knows? I need to. Once There's a bunch of other cars you could get rid of, and then this one would still be fine. So, yes. the the I think the Mercor and the 944 are on the chopping block. And but then nothing. you get rid of a pickup truck, you get rid of your other Cressida. 
the beige no, one. See, the plan was to get this card gone and use the beige Cressida as a daily. But no, anyway, boring. Keep this car currently boring, but it won't be when it's done. Anyway, one thing at a time. I, I need to get it put together first. Everything else is on hold until this car gets put back together. I don't want to. I don't want to lose focus. I want to make sure I get this car done. I don't want to get it all apart, roll it in the backyard like old Brad would have and not ever touch it again. I want to make sure I get it taken care of and finished. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because how long have I been into cars my entire life, right? But diving into big projects like this has always been something that I've always been able to lean on other people in the world to help me finish. So this is uh, just me and Naomi here, and uh, I don't have Andrew's guidance and Tony's guidance in Garage to uh, get this thing together. So it's kind of a point of it's a point of pride to get this thing to get this thing going, I guess. So we'll get it done, and I don't want to do anything else till it's done. But no decision will be made until it's done. So how's that sound? We'll put it, we'll put a pin in it. I think you should get the head off to the machine shop. Yeah, next week. And then yeah, uh, Thursday start today. Start parts and then just throw it together. Yep, it's Thursday today. I'm going to have it at the machine shop hopefully by next week. i got to call them tomorrow. So that is that is the plan. I didn't want to call them and then get the rest of the car apart and then find out that I needed a bottom end because that would have changed direction. So Then, of course, the other temptation is how far do I go? You know, everybody tells me to get turbo cams or 272s and get a header and get this and make the whole car more fun. And I definitely do a header. Yeah. It's just all money. Header Andrew. on the G20 was like choice. Yeah. It's just, it's just all money, Andrew. It is all money. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. If I can find a decent. Yeah. I can't take it with me, but it's also Christmas time. I got a lot of things to buy. Yeah. So, Christmas that includes time you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> to all the kids in the family that. Sorry, kids. No gifts this year. Brad blew up his car. Yeah, tough luck. <laughs> Life lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. Need your tiny hands out here. Let me put this timing belt on. Naomi takes all the gifts that we gave as a couple and she takes my name off of them. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. This is... <laughs> Brad spent all his money on his car. You lose. I mean, I could live with that actually. Anyway, that's where we're at. I, uh, I'm encouraged. We'll get there. Um, I think once I have everything here, it's probably only a few days of assembly, right? So. Oh yeah. Once the head's done, let's get back on. It's just a matter of like, you know, before you put the head on, Set the engine at top dead center, then yep. put the head on. Yep, of course. Uh, you gotta get that set, the timing, setup tools. Yeah, yeah, I think that's also in the budget. So it's all there. But it's all happening. If you have other four G six three cars, it'll come in handy. Well, again, the plan was to sell a few things and wind up with an Evo. So, well, yeah, or another Galant. So. I'll be doing timing belts again at some point. Yeah. So that's what it is. As long as timing belts are always available. 
I think they will be. I mean, they built these engines for a long time. There's a lot of them out I there. I think enough of them still run that somebody will make them for a while, yeah. Yeah. And as we were discussing, it's the same timing belt from like 1990 to the Evo 9 or whatever. 2007, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's enough project car update for the day. Car is currently sitting in the driveway all sad. But it'll be back up and running soon. So. All right. Well, what else? Jim Kana. <laughs> oh, yeah. New Jim Kana um, video dropped. Pretty crazy. They had finished filming that in, no, what did they say, November of last year? Sounds right. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was the last one that Ken made. Unbeknownst to them at the time, obviously. Yep. Certainly wasn't supposed to be. Um, yeah. And then, man, those end credits has got me. Yeah, it was a little, uh, little emotional for a guy who we don't really know, but still was a huge part of automotive culture. It's really uh, kind of a hard I thing. I think it was that, and then I, I feel bad because I know a lot of the people that work on those videos. Yeah, I met them in passing and stuff, and yep. So I, you know, I feel bad for all them too because it's well. I mean, you know, to the end, of the end, of the end of the whole thing, like we we're tangentially connected to everybody involved in that whole thing, like. Yeah, Brian Scotto has a lot of the same Volkswagen nerd friends that we do, and you know we've both of us have met Ken in passing at rally events, and you know we I know see, a couple of the people doing the video and photo work on it. So yeah, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to be like, oh, oh, we know these people. We don't like, listen. We don't well, know these people. We're not friends with them, but we're tangentially connected to them, and we're connected to people who are connected to them, and that makes it. I think a little more personal. So, well, I know one of the people I've oh, first. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah. One of the one of the cameramen, but it's yeah. But that's that's what I mean. It, though, it's like we don't know Ken, we don't know well, Scotto, but we know enough people that are involved in their in their work and their life. And well, we're a little bit older, and we came up at the same time as a lot of these people. Yeah, because I went back actually. I showed Marco the newest one because he likes them. Right. And then I I was like, oh, let me show you one more. And we went back and we watched the first one, which I hadn't watched in a long time. And then you sure. see on YouTube, it was like uploaded 15 years ago. And you're like, cool. Turns to dust. Yeah. Well, I was. So when they showed the clips from that, yeah. I was sitting there watching it with Naomi. And I was like, man, I remember watching this video on like, like a, on Andrew's desktop computer at right the room at his parents house upstairs yeah like it was so long ago that was, that was my little like 14 inch iMac lifetime ago absolute lifetime ago and it feels like it's even longer than that thinking about that context but it's 15 yeah 15 years that's uh and uh like watching like the man gd subarus that also made me miss my five wx because you know it wasn't as crazy as that crawford build but like that world sport noir exhaust i had on it didn't sound like a subaru exhaust it sounded like that right. exhaust like it was just yep. like a loud like deep exhaust and like man those cars sounded really good i am really nostalgic for like gd wrx's yeah they're really good cars uh also 
how long ago did you say it was? 15 years ago. So, 2007? 8? No, 2008. Yeah. 2008. I just looked it up. I had to look it up because 15 years ago doesn't feel like 2008. 15 years ago feels like 1995. <laughs> 15 years ago was the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, 15 years ago in 2008, that first video was released. And yeah. it's been such a part of automotive or car culture since then. Like, uh, it's just, it's wild. But and so anyway, the new video is as amazing as the last je- uh, electric car video, I think. Um, yeah. Set in Mexico City. Um, a couple of key moments that I noticed. There's one moment where he comes out into a hard right turn, and he put the car in between two sets of curbs, and you're like, "Whoa, that was close!" And then it cuts to the camera of him inside the car, and he's visibly yeah. wincing, like he's like, "Oh, oh shit, I'm not gonna make yeah. it." <laughs> that was pretty good, and he did make it because he's amazing. Um. And the other part of the video that blew my mind was they were on an active airport. Yeah, the shot. So he's flying through that tunnel that's really fast, like 200 kilometers an hour. They show you the speedometer. Yep. And then it comes up and then the the airliner is taking off as it's entering. The, he's entering the airport. I was like, that's really cool. I don't know how they timed that. I don't know how they yeah. did it. But that was a really cool cinematography. Not only how they timed it and how they did it, but how they got permission to I don't know drive on an like an active functioning and not like an airport, like like an international airport. Like this is not, I don't know what airport it was. Whatever one's in Mexico City. I guess. Maybe there's multiple. I don't know. It seemed pretty quiet. It was weird, but Well, my my assumption was the section they were in was like under construction or being built or whatever, but when he pulls out in the tarmac and there are three airplanes sitting there pulled up to the jetways, I was like, oh, this is like an active, currently being used airport. Like, that's pretty insane. Like, the amount of security and whatnot and the fact that he's driving this car at hundreds of miles an hour on the tarmac with airplanes in the vicinity just seems completely out of hand like it just seems like something that i mean i know it wasn't in america it was in mexico but i feel like (laughs) faa regulations this video is in mexico yeah exactly for real for real (laughs) for real for real um yeah it was just wild and i think one of the cool things to notice too is that like listen you or i don't own any electric cars um, but neither of us are anti-electric car either and I'm not big into electric car motorsports, um, but this particular electric Gymkhana car really shows what can be done. Like, so he's drifting this rotary or traffic circle, depending on what part of the country you live in. He's drifting around this big circle and he loops the car, but he's able to pull out of looping the car and then instantly have the exact amount of wheel speed to go right back into drifting around the rotary. Like a gas car wouldn't do that. <laughs> a gas car, you'd have to straighten out for a second and get the speed back up to get back into that drift. Like the car just comes out of a spin and back into the drift. Like it's nothing because of the amount of instant torque available to light those tires up in that electric car. It's, a toy like that is literally just a giant RC car. 
and it acts and behaves like a giant RC car. It's really cool. Yeah. Really, really shows. That's reminds me of. Really shows technology. The sound is a giant RC car. The look of how it's behaving is a giant RC car. It's doing things that a gas car just wouldn't do because of torque curve. You know, that instant on power just changes the game and it makes the whole thing ridiculous. So very cool to watch. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Like any of the Gymkhana videos. It sounds like we're not done. Uh, it sounds like uh, Leah Block is going to be doing stuff in the future. Um, I think Pastrana too. But oh, the Pastrana is definitely going to be doing his stuff as well. Um, so I think there's plenty more to come. They just obviously won't have Ken Block in them. Um, but I mean, it's pure entertainment for car people, right? You can't. What else can you say? It's, yeah. It's made and for the, us. They had. Uh, Leah Block was with Michelle Mouton doing mm-hmm. Audi stuff. Which is super That cool. was really cool. Yeah. Because Ken had the contract with Audi to do Audi stuff. So for those who don't know, Leah is Ken's daughter. I think that she's 16 or 17. Um, and she's been in this whole thing her entire life. So it's all she knows. And uh, she's in her own right, it seems, a pretty good little driver. So... I guess time will tell what what she does next, but it'll be neat to, neat to see her well, with a legend like Michelle Mouton, and she just signed a contract for some Williams Drivers Academy. Okay, yeah, Williams Drivers Academy, which is like an F three feeder series, right? Basically, yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, good for her. I'm not jealous. You're jealous. Not really jealous, but I'm 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 happy to see that. Uh, yeah, I'm not jealous. I'm like, yeah. all right, an American yeah. motorsports. Yeah, sometimes I'm for. envious. I, I guess envious is more the word. Sometimes I'm I'm envious of people who seemingly have something like that almost handed to them, but also she did work for it. She is truly into it, and uh, he worked for it. So, yeah, it's cool. I'm into it. I'm envious of the things they get to do, but I'm glad they get to do them. How's that sound? Yeah. So, and it's, again, it's cool to watch that stuff. I mean, genuinely is. It's it's neat that it's literally just fan service. It's just for car people. Like, there's no other reason to make those videos other than to make well advertising, obviously, nope. and to make people like us fawn over them and want to go out and do dumb things in our cars. Legally, of course. Legally. Yeah, it's you know, the only thing that's kind of weird is that like. Hoonigan is very corporate now, but Hoonigan's done. Hoonigan's dead. Yeah. I mean, it's they pretty much everybody who's been there since the beginning is gone. Even Scotto, who started the whole thing, is pretty much gone. Um, they did say that they're staying on to produce the Gymkhana content. So Scotto is staying on just to do that. But the day to day Hoonigan stuff, it seems like, is going strictly corporate. So we'll see how long that even lasts. They're doing a ton of those this first that things right now, um, which I don't know if you've been watching any of those. I don't watch them because they're okay. not for me. They're not made for me. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a few of them. Some of them are funny. Some of them are interesting. Uh, they've been doing this first that off road. Um, I would recommend possibly maybe watching the one with the Raptor versus the Jeep. I don't know if you've seen the clips. I saw the pictures of the aftermath. Yeah, it was, uh, it's only 16 minutes long and it's, uh, 
I don't know how anybody thought it was going to end well, but it doesn't end well. So <laughs> it's uh, it's that's worth it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. But uh, speaking of video content, um, our favorite automotive manufacturer has announced a new partnership with a spokesperson. Yeah, weird. Didn't expect I that. Think, I think that's the first time that Mitsubishi has had an that's a spokesperson. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. I mean, do you remember a Mitsubishi ad campaign in the past? Just the days go by. Wake up and drive. That same one. Yeah. Yeah. So that went from like 98 to 05. But the only one anybody remembers as far as the wake up and drive campaign is the one in the eclipse with the three people dancing. Yeah. Days go by. Yeah. Or four people dancing. Either way, it was an obnoxious amount of people to be it in was, eclipse. So, uh, it was iconic enough that it was made fun of on Chappelle's show. That's true. It was actually. Yep. So, but that's the only, that's the only video commercial or television commercial that I can remember of any consequence for Mitsubishi. I don't think I've even seen a commercial for their new Outlander, which is a big deal to them. No TV commercials. See them all the time. They're on cable, though. They're not on network. Hmm. I haven't seen them. But I also fast forward through commercials, so maybe that's why I haven't seen them. But nonetheless, they uh, they announced that... Uh, Rashida Jones is going to be their spokesperson, which is interesting. I don't know. Has she done anything recently? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I don't know of any her doing anything recently outside of, which is not recent anymore, The Office or Parks and Rec. Right. Like that's that's probably where she's most popular from. I think that's probably where she's most known from, for sure. Yeah. Which, I was thinking about this. Uh you know, we spent a lot of Thursday nights. We went to a friend's house. We'd always watch. That was, you know, Thursday night NBC was always a thing, right? So you'd watch. Sure. In the 90s, it was Seinfeld and Frasier. And then in the, you know, mid-2000s, you had Office and Parks and Rec. But um, I have always thought the Office and Parks and Rec was the same, quote-unquote, universe. But she's in both shows at different characters, so maybe not. I think it's the same idea, but different. They're unrelated to each other. Like, I'm surprised they never did a Parks and Rec somehow office crossover. Yeah, I don't know. Um, she also had her own show, Angie Tribeca, for a little while. That was pretty good. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. That was, uh, that was actually really funny. Yeah, well, it lasted a couple of seasons, though, if I remember correctly. But it was, uh, it was very much uh, a... Um, Police Squad, like a new version of Police Squad. Yeah, yeah, it was a spoof of a of a cop show. Yep, it was it was like a, a I hate to say more serious, but a more serious Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, not a more serious Brooklyn Nine Nine, because this was like, uh, I wouldn't say Brooklyn Nine Nine is a spoof show. Like, no, I guess um, not. like, uh, oh my gosh, what is, Naked Gun? Is based yep. on Police Squad. Yep, Police Squad, uh, and that's the way Andrew Tribeca was, where you'd have those like deadpan jokes, like with like, you know, um, like sight gags and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe definitely more like that. Nonetheless, it was uh, it was a good show. I remember liking it and being annoyed that it didn't last very long. So yeah, but I also apparently forgettable because I totally forgot about it. Yeah, well, it's only forgettable. It was like it was only a, on for two seasons. Yeah, and there was like a quick little minute where TBS was making some really funny shows, and then they just stopped. And I don't even know what happened to TBS. Oh, the fact that you remember what network it was on means it's not forgettable because I don't remember what network it was on. <laughs> yeah. I assume like, I think, it was on uh, NBC or something. No, it was on like TBS because I think for a second there, TBS had also had like Conan O'Brien for a while. They did, yep. And uh, yeah, I think all their like funny shows just kind of went away. Like they were really trying to compete with like Comedy Central. Well, anyway, it was a good show. I like it. I like her as an actress, and uh, I like that she's representing our favorite company. Also, favorite automotive company. Uh, the first time I saw her in anything, Chappelle show. Honestly, uh, I do didn't remember... watch that as much as you did. So I don't. Remember. Oh, okay. There's a skit called The Love Contract, and she's in that. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Weird. Like weird time period of TV. That you just unlocked from my memory. Yeah. I don't remember much from that show at all. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually looking into her entire career now that you have me thinking about it. That uh, the Chappelle show was pretty early on in her career. She was on, I yep. guess, she was on 38 episodes of Boston Public, which was a show about Boston... Schools. Yeah, with William Shatner on. I've never seen it, but I know William Shatner was on it. Yep, I believe that's the one. So still weird. weird. I don't know. I don't like. I, I do watch a lot of TV. I don't watch every single TV show there is, but I catch and like retain somehow a lot of pop culture knowledge about William TV Shatner was watch. actually not in Boston Public. He was in. Okay, Boston I'm thinking Legal. of the other one. It was Boston, Boston Legal. Legal. Yeah. 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 Jeez, going real rabbit hole now. It's good. Yep. Yeah. A little off topic for a reason, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, if we're out of car stuff to talk about, Andrew. Um, oh, and also I noticed that when we started talking earlier today about Rashida Jones being the spokesperson for Mitsubishi, uh, that yep. Mazda actually has a new spokesperson as well. And I can't remember Mazda ever having a spokesperson before either. And I saw a commercial tonight actually... Uh, with their new spokesperson, who is uh, Ant Anstead, the guy from Wheeler Dealers, who yeah, weird. only people in our universe would know because he's on Wheeler Dealers, except for the fact that he's married to or dating somebody famous now, and he's like in every tabloid every week all of a sudden. So that apparently got him enough notoriety that now he is the spokesperson for Mazda, which seems weird to have a British person as the spokesperson for a car for, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not. I don't know. Nonetheless, it uh, it's interesting because now he's uh, the Mazda spokesperson. So most Japanese places haven't had, most Japanese car companies haven't had spokespeople, have they? I mean, other than, you know, the top one ever, Joe Azuzu. Uh, yeah, Joe Azuzu. Yeah. Um, well, but Nissan that was, has that was, Brie Larson. Yeah, but he, but even Joe Zuzu wasn't 
like the, the actor was the actor, but the character was the spokesperson, not the actor. Like I can't think of an actor that's been a spokesperson for a Japanese car. Well, no, um, it was more of a Japanese thing, right? Haven't um, hasn't Nissan used like oh, like like Japanese market ads with American actors? Yes, yes, yeah, sure. that's much more common. Yep, one hundred percent. Like who did Nissan use? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it was somebody like kind of weirdly famous. I don't remember. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Subaru had Paul Hogan. Oh yeah, you're right. Car had Yeah. When they launched the Outback. I, you know, we'll, we'll have to dig a little deeper into this and revisit it because now I'm trying to think of them and just yeah. in my head. I couldn't remember any, but I know for a fact Mitsubishi's no, they never exist. had one, so... And no, the only one that came, had one. the only one that came to mind was Joe Azuzu, which was David. Oh, he was an no, actor. Oh, now time. you're gonna now you're gonna really tick off our uh, Azuzu folks that we have in Discord. David Leisure. Okay. David Leisure. He was an actor on sitcoms in the '80s, and he became Joe Azuzu. So, um, he was on and uh, then... Empty Empty Nest. And then there was like a certain time frame in the '90s that they brought him back. That yeah, they tried campaign. Yeah, they tried. So, uh, what? I don't know. Oh my goodness! Toyota never had anyone. Not to my knowledge. Huh. This is not, a good trivia question. Again, not anybody that was like a specific spokesperson. Like there might have been somebody who did a voiceover for an ad. But it was never somebody who was like the face it's, of the company. I mean, it's definitely pretty common for famous actors to do the voiceovers. Like, yeah, for like Ford, GMC is Will Arnett. Yeah, Ford Trucks yeah. right now is um, Brian Cranston. No, Ford Trucks is uh, Jim Halpert. What's his name? Uh, yep. Are you sure? Oh, positive. I know. I'm 99% sure it's Brian Cranston. Oh, or at least for we're Ford, trouble. we're in trouble now. Um, and then you've got uh, John Hamm does Mercedes. Okay, uh, like I said, Will Arnett is GMC. I don't know. And then what's his name is Lincoln Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Well, you've got and then uh, oh my god! Now we're getting into American for, cars. Yeah, what's her name for Cadillac? Um, I can't remember her name right now. But, so Brian Cranston yeah. was the voice in 2017 of F-150. Yeah. So I thought the new ones have... What was... what's His character's name is Jim Halbert, but what's his real name? Uh, John Krasinski. Yeah. Oh, The Office. Rashida Jones, John Krasinski. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh... It's funny. I don't. Yeah, there's a. Uh, but even like in vintage stuff. What else was there? I see now we, we, we have to really do some research. Some of my favorite ones are like Dodge sold a pickup in the 70s, late 60s, early 70s called the. Dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the face of the dude and the spokesperson of the dude was Don Knotts. Yeah. Like that's wild. 
Yeah, well, now I'm annoyed because I got to figure this out because I'm pretty sure that Krasinski is in a Ford commercial now, but maybe it wasn't a Ford. And I feel like Dodge something. trucks have someone too, and I can't remember. Oh, and then our course, our favorite, Tim Robinson is in the the Ram, uh, Ram Charger ad. For real, for real. It's twice I said that tonight. Yeah, yeah, the one. You've seen it, the one where he's he's like buying all the weird stuff off TV. It's like the the oh, sandwich yeah. stapler. Yep, yeah, you're right. <laughs> are those metal? Yep, the staples are. <laughs> trying to eat them. It's not a Ram Charger ad, though, is it? It is. The new Ram Charger? Yes. Oof, my, my brain's not working right now. We'll do some research and come back to this because I sound like a fool right now. I don't remember all of this. Yeah. I'm bad with celebrity names. I shouldn't even brought this up. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll wrap it up. This is a good topic because we haven't done a topic in a while. So yeah, this let's, is a good topic. Uh, let's actually research this and we'll do we'll it. Do, we'll do some digging. Maybe we'll do all right, sir. We'll follow up. Where, where can people find us? Uh, Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. You can follow me on uh, and uh, Auto Off Topic on Threads. I'm Racing Anger on Instagram and Threads. And uh, Brad, where they can find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. Uh, also on Threads under the same. And Scale Autocast. So I mentioned it earlier. Do look for the Auto Off Topic Scale Autocast model kit build group build coming up uh the next day or so so that's it cool all right as always keep cards analog and name the roses